Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We're going to step back. It's been about two weeks now since the Afghan debacle unfolded in front of our eyes. So many things still happening. uh, So many tragedies still ahead. But I wanted to take someone who played an important role on the ground in Afghanistan. By the way, with General Lloyd Austin, now our defense secretary, with General Mike Flynn, our good friend who was on the show last week. With General McChrystal, whose work played a major role in turning the war around in Afghanistan when it ran into bumps. And in looking back, Tony Schaefer has one of the best lenses on what happened. He was a lieutenant colonel on the ground in Afghanistan. He later stirred some controversy by coming forward with some allegations about what the government knew about 9-11 before it happened and in speaking out in some of the strategies. If you were to go back and look at his comments from 06, 07, 08, 09, they were prophetic to the moment we find ourselves in right now in America. Tony Schaefer has been someone who's never been afraid to speak his mind. You've seen him on Fox News. He's the head of the London Center, one of the most important think tanks in America when it comes to security issues. And we're going to bring him in today to do something that I think is so important. We've been through the fog of war for two weeks. We know about all the different crises and calamities and failures and mistakes and frustrations, but we're going to step back a little bit. We're going to take the drone up to 30,000 feet, as we say in journalism, and look at the long-term consequences of the failed Afghan exit. What does it mean for our allies? What does it mean for our frenemies and enemies? China, particularly getting their hands on rare earth minerals in Afghanistan, so coveted by the world, and yet America never did anything with it. We're going to ask about the consequences to terrorism. What's going to happen to those left behind in Afghanistan that still want to fight? Is there a civil war ahead? Tony has a tremendous strategic lens on these issues, and we're going to bring him in. You're not going to want to miss this conversation. We're going to go deep. We're going to go far. We're going to hover high above the picture and try to give you a big picture look. Now that the failure is clear, where this heads next. Very important conversation with my good friend, Tony Schaefer, coming up right after this commercial break. Temp check. 
What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special friend, a very special guest, a very knowledgeable guest joining me right now is Tony Schaefer. You know him as a, a former U.S. Army Reserve Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, he worked in the DIA. He's currently the president of the London Center for Policy Research and very knowledgeable on all the things that are going on right now in Afghanistan and across the world. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, John, always a, a pleasure to join you. Thank you for having me. Well, we're so lucky. We get to use so many of the great experts that you have at London Center, yourself included, Thank and you. they, they just make this podcast smarter and we learn so much from them. So we're so grateful for the great team that you've um, you've assembled there. Really, really important work that gets done there every day. Well, back at you at Just the News and everything you guys do. You guys have become a a font of sanity in an otherwise world of, of chaos. So thank you. We love it. I like that. It's a great description. Thank you for saying that. It's very kind. Sure. So we are in the middle uh, of what is really a global crisis, and, and it's a crisis of leadership and a crisis of strategy. Uh, and I think it has some long-term repercussions for other things that are America is going to experience. And I just want to see, as someone who worked in the DIA, knows all about intelligence, know about all the things that are out there, the, what happened in Afghanistan? When you step back, how did we get this so wrong? Well, we got it wrong from 2003 on, John. Uh, You know, it's a book I wrote, Operation Darkheart. I actually have a chapter devoted to uh, a confrontation I had with Lieutenant General David Barno, who decided we were going to nation build instead of continue to conduct offensive counterterrorism operations. That's where it started. And uh, it went downhill from there. So uh, arguably, we could and should have departed right after bin Laden's uh, uh, assassination 10 years ago. Uh, we had, at that point, met all the requirements for the authorized use of military force. We, our mission there was essentially completed. We should have then headed for the exits. By the fact then, John, we had leverage. We actually had leverage over the Taliban, we sure leverage did. over our allies, and we decided to stay another 10 years. So that's where I think some fundamental mistakes were made. Uh, so that's the strategic mistakes that were made. Uh, the, the tactical mistakes that were made were uh, to depart from the Mike Pompeo, uh, Donald Trump approved and created uh, exit strategy yeah. and plan an agreement. And John, in, in that instance, uh, the plan was for a departure on 1 May in which we would have essentially handed everything off to the government of Afghanistan the tribes, the warlords, and the Taliban for them to sort it out. And it would have been done with, uh, with uh, specific uh, achievable objectives and military overwatch conducted by the United States uh, the way that, uh, we, that, that would have ensured that American citizens were protected and, more importantly, all parties were brought back together for the Afghan people to, to, uh, to work out their differences. And let me say this, this. This may sound like an editorial comment, and it's not. Uh, the, the whole plan was premised 
on the idea that we would do it from a position of strength, we would do it with all parties in agreement, and we would do it with a sense of honor and integrity. And by the way, full disclosure, I spoke with Mike Pompeo when they were uh, preparing this. Uh, members of Congress had asked me to, to, to give uh, their perspective and my perspective on how a conditions-based withdrawal That's should look. That's the key word, yep. Yeah, and, and look, I'll, I'll be honest, Mike and I yelled at each other during the call because I, I wasn't happy with everything they were doing, but uh, the conditions that they came up with were, were going to work and they were going to result in a plan which most people agreed would have seen the American citizens there protected as well as the all parties coming back together and working to move Afghanistan in a direction that would that would see uh, all all parties included in the governance of, of that country. And that's what that's what we that's what I should say uh, uh, Joe Biden walked away from and created the crisis we now see. It's pretty extraordinary. And uh, this is a crisis that has a lot of repercussions. And so I want to take yeah. it to one of them, because uh, as you've watched over the last week or 10 days as this has unfolded, uh, all those Europeans that were standing alongside and giving high fives to Joe Biden in um, during the G7 earlier in the summer, they've moved quite away from it. A lot of very sharp criticism from our allies. And I want to start there. Uh, how big a uh, damage have we created with our allies, with those that we asked to be side by side us in an operation like this? Uh, how much damage is done there? So they went in with us in 2001, 2002 to help us because of the 9-11 anniversary. And John, think about this for a second. The Taliban is about to tell all of us who came in to go after the Al-Qaeda folks who conducted the attacks to be out of Afghanistan. They're telling us to be out of there by the September 20th, 20th, I mean, September 11th, 20th anniversary. Think about that. And so the allies are upset for two reasons. First, uh, Joe Biden, when he decided to do this, he didn't consult with anybody. He just did it. Uh, NATO has been a good partner. NATO staff has been a good partner to us during the entire 20 years we've been there. And for, for no consultations, that was not only dishonest and, and tragic, it, it put them in a position they had to act unilaterally. To, and my next point, John, is we have the British and French unilaterally now running special operations uh, in the country trying to pull out their citizens without any U.S. support. Mm. Think about that. Uh, they literally have, yeah, they literally have British Special Air Service, uh, our, their equivalent of Delta Force, out in the Kabul suburbs hunting for and rescuing British civilians. Oh, by the way, they're not trying to charge $2,000 a person to rescue them, just saying. <sighs> uh, th this, this is extraordinary. And so all of our allies who were so supportive of, of Biden to come back and America's back, baby. Well, let me tell you, the, the on-the-ground results are the opposite, and every ally I know is upset. Plus, uh, you didn't ask me about Pakistan, but I'm going to throw it in there anyway. Uh, I, my, the back channels that I have with Pakistan, Pakistan, they're telling me that they're upset by the fact they weren't consulted. Our primary uh, on-the-ground ally to fight the Taliban at the border is now upset because they weren't even consulted, John. And what they're fe fearful of is enhanced Taliban presence in Afghanistan is going to result in the Pakistani Taliban resuming their attacks against yep. the central Pakistan government. Everybody's so, emboldened. Exactly, exactly. So, so I, I cannot imagine what Blinken is doing, presumably nothing, and what the Pentagon's doing. And let me remind your audience, just for those who don't understand, 
I served in Afghanistan for a guy named Brigadier General Lloyd Austin. I think you've probably heard that uh, name. I've heard that name because yesterday he said, we don't really have much capability to go out and rescue <laughs> Americans. I, I didn't understand that <laughs> statement at all. <laughs> nor, should, nor do I, since I served with the man when he was a Brigadier General. And uh, I've, I've served, as you know, uh, it's in my retirement bio with, for Task Force 121 for McChrystal. Right. Uh, so I've worked with these guys, and I know what we're capable of because I was at the cutting edge with these men working special operations. So uh, when they say that, John, that is a political choice, not a statement of fact. They are, they are just choosing. That's a, a choice they're making to not step up and do the hard things that are required to protect our interests and protect our citizens. It is quite it's extraordinary. I could never have imagined a political choice being made to not protect U.S. lives. Yeah, um, oh, it is stunning. And um, and the sense of America can't do anything is so palpable. I've never heard our leaders uh, ask it. There was a moment uh, last week where Jake Sullivan takes a question, and they said, when will it be that you'll get uh, all Americans out? And he won't answer whether they're going to get all Americans out. We'll do our best to get as many as we can out. We would never, no other administration in history would ever leave open the possibility we're going to leave Americans behind. It is remarkable to hear the language and the defeatism and the helplessness that the most, the leaders of the most powerful military uh, in the world are, are now expressing. It, it has me perplexed. And that takes me to a second point which is, yeah. all right, we have damage with our allies from Pakistan to London to you know, France. Now we also are going to be facing the very real prospect because General Milley briefed this to the United States Senate that within less than two years, according to Milley's assessment, uh, the terrorists will be able to use Afghanistan as a launching pad for terror attacks against Americans. Again, the whole purpose we went in was to take that launching pad away. How big a, uh, an issue is that going to be for America and for the Western allies? Significant. And let me parse that into two pieces. First, Milley said something that was completely false by the fact that he said he did not get intelligence indicating Afghanistan was going to collapse. John, I can tell you for a fact that he knew uh, I spoke with his predecessor on this topic specifically. As a matter of fact, uh, General Joseph Dunford uh, was commander of ISAF at one point. He became chairman before Milley. And I know the Joint Staff did and was aware of the potential of the moment the military forces left, it would collapse. And this brings me to my second point regarding Milley. Milley at least did make the recommendation, as, long, as well as the CENTCOM commander and the Special Operations uh, Command commander, that we should not give up Bagram for the very issue you just said. Uh, we recognized as a, as a national security nonpartisan group, whatever you want to call us behind the scenes, that the moment you withdraw U.S. forces, even if the Afghan army had sustained itself, there was a strong potential for uh, groups such as ISIS, such as al-Qaeda, to reestablish training, uh, training uh, facilities as well as logistical support areas within Afghanistan and, govern, un, and, and within ungoverned space. So the idea was to maintain, and this is in my book, Operation Dark Arts. It's something I've recommended from day one. I recommended we, we st step away from doing nation building, but maintain a force of three to 5,000 folks to conduct offensive counterterrorism operations to pr pr preclude Afghanistan becoming a safe haven, as well as being able to do intelligence collection, which apparently, according to Milley, failed. So that was the idea. That was what was necessary, and that was what was uh, asked of Joe Biden to do. The idea was to maintain that capability. So what Milley briefed over this past weekend was another 
a tacit uh, admission of failure by the fact that we do we no longer have the capacity or capability to sustain or conduct offensive counterterrorism operations within the region because we gave up all organic access, which, again, that was supposed to be Bagram indefinitely, be our base of operation. Bagram was closed. They literally turned the lights out overnight about a month ago, and we no longer have the capacity. So what, what uh, uh, Millay did say to Congress is absolutely correct. There's a very good likelihood that uh, Afghanistan will be con- become uh, a haven for terrorists again with, within probably six months. It's unreal. It really is. And we spent 20 years to try to prevent that from happening, and we, we yeah. successfully did for 20 years. But right. we're going to look at the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and realize we're almost back to 1999 or 2000 again, given the way this exit was well, well, handled. Well, John, think about this. Think about this. It's worse by the fact there's a psychological defeat that 20 years later we're no, no we we are back where we started, yeah. and we've enriched <clears throat> we've enriched the Taliban with a with nearly a billion dollars worth of gear. Yeah, it's unreal. It really is unreal. I want to walk through another component of this. So obviously, two of the embassies that don't seem to be in any hurry to evacuate Kabul right now are those of China and Russia. And uh, China, I think, has the greatest of all the interest in this region because one of the hidden jewels of Afghanistan, which, by the way, the United States never really managed to do much with is all of the precious metals, the stuff right. that you need to make battery, lithium, for instance, uh, batteries, computers, those sort of things. Um, is China going to swoop in behind this and take all those mineral resources and, and rob us blind? Absolutely. Give a quick historic point. There was a Pentagon office toss called TFBSO, Task Force Business Support Operations, uh, under Don Rumsfeld, uh, I actually worked with that organization. And John, what you're saying was recognized by the Pentagon. It's like, hey, we have all these strategic resources and minerals. We should be the ones getting it. Uh, the uh, the plan was to bring in U.S. businesses, U.S. investors to go in there and try to find a path to establish mines and logistics to bring these things out. Guess who canceled it, John? You want to take a guess who canceled that program? Oh, maybe someone that's currently the White House. <laughs> no, but he, no. he was vice president. Vice president, yes. Obama Biden team. And remember, yeah. Biden had the yeah. foreign policy portfolio, too. That's the most important yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. So this concept, which was sound, I knew the people involved. I was working with them. At one point, I was supposed to go over. Uh, I was asked to take a role in, in Kabul with with the office. And, and it was canceled. Like, yeah, no thanks. We don't want those resources for America. And so what happened was when, when, when B- Task Force Business Support Operations was shut down, enrolled China, enrolled Russia. And China is, has two copper mines they now are, are, are getting all sorts of resources out of. And, of course, they are now going to be the ones who go in and get uh, lithium and all these other rare earths. John, there are whole desert floors full of lithium that you could just walk out and pick the stuff up and put it into a container and walk out with it. That's how rich this is. And, and any, any economy that is going to be part of the 21st century has to be full of electronics. Those electronics have to have lithium. Uh, we have lost the boat on that. And again, John, this was not something was, that was an intelligence failure. It was not something we didn't know. This was a political policy decision made by the Obama administration that we didn't have time in the Trump administration to fix, and now it's back under uh, Biden. And again, our adversaries are taking full advantage of having direct access, and they will make friends with the Taliban 
quickly, they've already said they would, to create access to all of these rare earths for purposes of developing their technology and their economy. Unbelievable. The checklist of losses is unreal. I mean, it's such an embarrassment to the United States to think that such basic, simple strategic decisions weren't made. In fact, they were made every time on the wrong decision, right. even though they were given a playbook. I mean, that's I had right. Cash Patel in here, and Cash Patel was the transition official for the Defense Department for Trump, and he handed off the plan. He described that plan, and literally, Joe Biden did everything opposite of that plan. It, right. It's it's jaw dropping. Let me take you to one other consequence that I wonder is uh, the outcome when you look back, having been on the ground in Afghanistan. The likelihood that this country will uh, fall into civil war. How, how, how high is it? We see a lot of the anti-Taliban fighters seem to be going up to the north and hanging out in one province and that it never has fallen to the Taliban, either in the 90s or now. It seems to me that uh, this country may be headed towards a really extraordinary civil war. Is that, is that your guess? Of where, what do you think happens with Afghanistan? So after uh, the Soviets left back in the 80s, uh, Afghanistan fell into civil war. Uh, John, I'm going to say something that may get me in trouble. You may have to edit it out. I'm just saying. So, uh, so I don't know if you knew this. You know, we don't censor here. We're a censor-free zone. Well, good. Well, good. well I'm just going to say that. So th- there was there were there were elements of the Taliban fighting themselves in Kandahar. The big you're going to love this. The biggest tank battle in post-Soviet Afghanistan, right after it fell and the Taliban took over, yeah. they had a tank battle in Kandahar between Mullah Omar, the old right. leader of, and one of the other factions over a bunch of boys they wanted to have sex with. And I am not joking. Wow, that's mm. how depraved these people are. Mm. So will that happen again? Probably. I, not, their culture has not changed. And the other thing I'm hearing from my sources over there right now is you may have you may remember a group called the Northern Alliance that our biggest allies there yeah, the, the, sure. the Panjshir Valley right. they ain't they ain't happy <laughs> they no, are not happy I can show you they aren't happened. and I'm getting I'm getting uh, you know and I don't want to deal with them I'm getting back channel of communication saying hey we we're ready to be a force to go back at these folks yeah so I'm just telling you John the back channels are telling me. That, that all is not happy with the Taliban takeover, and some of the same allies we worked with before are not happy now. By the way, they weren't consulted, obviously, by Joe Biden and company when you know this all happened, but they're telling me now that if there was competent leadership ready to jump back in, they would be, they would be willing to be our proxy. So, and they may, they may go without us. They may do things against the Taliban uh, because it's in their interest. And yeah. Masood, the, the chief the of the Northern Alliance, was assassinated yeah. before 9-11 because they but were his such son a is up there ally. now, right? That may be the guy who's kind of reaching out. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying, John. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's what our intel has indicated. We talked a little bit about this on Just the News the other day. So uh, we've left Afghanistan with all of our great equipment, M1 Abrams and other things on the ground there. Right. We, we left our allies and our own Americans without an exit strategy. We left our allies unaware what we were going to do. They were flying blind. We left all the minerals on the ground for China to now raise and become the leader of all precious rare metals in the world, which they already are at 80%. Now we're gonna give them 95% of it. Um, Is there any upside to 20 years (laughs) of war now, or has Joe Biden in a few short days erased any value that we would have taken from this process? Boy, John, you know, we've talked, frankly, on this and other topics, and I, frankly, don't see any upside at all. Nothing. Mm. Again, we're psychologically disadvantaged by the fact we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. 
And uh, what do we have to show for it? Yes, bin Laden's dead. Al-Qaeda's dead. But um, there, there's a potential that they could come back, and, and we've left that door open. There was no reason to leave that door open. We've alienated all of our allies for no reason. We've left resources that we should, should rightly be part of an, an American sphere. I'm not saying the American government should own those resources. Right, right. But we should, have, we should have walked through the door and made those resources available to U.S. corporations by the fact we spent so much blood and treasure securing the access. And, uh, you know, look, I spent uh, – I had two tours there in Afghanistan. Uh, look, as a matter of fact, ironically, a guy named Lloyd Austin approved my Bronze Star. So we've been there. We we sacrificed at the individual and collective level a lot of effort to secure that. And for what? For uh, a, a an individual who has a diminished medical mental capacity to come in, essentially change everything he want he he, he could because he didn't want a, a the past president to get any credit for it. That's 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 kind of what happened here, and it's <laughs> terrible. Uh, there's uh, there's ways I think we could recover, but I'm telling you, it's not going to happen as long as Joe Biden's in the White House, from what I can see. Yeah, the repercussions of this month of August will be felt for years to come. Well, for Tony, decades. for decades, you're right. It is going to be decades. You're exactly right. Tony, we're so grateful for all the work. First, for your service to this country, because uh, uh, we honor everything you did in those two tours in Afghanistan. You hung around with some pretty interesting people. Yeah, I think you had Lloyd Austin there. You probably had Mike Flynn there, right? Yeah, Mike and I were friends and colleagues, and we worked on a lot of stuff. And then uh, <laughs> there's a lot of folks that you talk to all the time that, that I talk to often that, who, you know, we've worked together very closely. So, you know, it's like it's like a rogues gallery, John, you know, what can I say? <laughs> it is, but it, it gave <laughs> us some very good officers. There were some amazing people in that early year, well, early guys, years of war let, let me tell you something. Being being an officer who being an officer who speaks the truth makes you <laughs> very unpopular with the politicians. It does now doesn't it? It does. It does indeed. You know, as I was thinking, I'm going to let you go, but I want to ask you this question. The Lloyd sure. Austin of today and the Lloyd Austin that you served with on the ground, do you, has he evolved in some way or was he always a politician? What Do you recognize the man that's uh, our defense secretary today saying, I have I, no capabilities to go in and rescue Americans? The, uh, the Lloyd Austin of that time is not the Lloyd Austin of today, because during that time, he didn't stop us from doing what we had to do. I'll say this. He, he he wasn't the guy out there encouraging us to do it. I worked for a previous general called Lieutenant General Vines. Right. He was commander of 18. Vines was wonderful. Vines was aggressive, had us doing stuff. At least Austin didn't turn it off. And we were out doing aggressive things. Plus, I was there with General McChrystal. You know, Crystal was 121. So I, I attended the nightly VTC meetings with he. So I was the senior human guy for 121 during that period. So I was the guy in the room with the crystal and with Austin and Austin uh, was not opposed to anything. I, I, I wasn't the biggest guy saying, go get him. The uh, crystal was much more in that vein, yeah, right, right. but at least he didn't stop anything. And, and that, that guy I was in a room with back then is not the guy that's in the Pentagon now. Pretty remarkable. It, uh, a lot of people have said that and um, we're on this watch on this group of people, General Milley, General Austin, now our Defense Secretary, President Joe Biden. Uh, I don't think Kamala Harris we could throw in there because no one has seen her, so I don't know what she's doing. But uh, there is uh, an extraordinary consequence to our country that, as you said, we're going to reap for decades to come. Uh, Tony, thanks again for your service. Thanks for all the wisdom you shared here. I think I learned more in this last 20 minutes than I have in the last two weeks. And that's, that's why we bring you on every time. We're so grateful for everything that you, you bring to the table. 
Well, no, John, thank you for having such an honest and, and, and clear platform to have people come and speak. So, again, thank you for having me on. Well, we're going to have you back because there's a lot more uh, postmortem we're going to have to do on, on the debacle in Afghanistan. So, yes, sir. Well, all right, sir. Well, you have a good day, and thanks again for, for all your great, sure. great wisdom. All right, folks, thank we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Are you numb a little bit? I sure am. Tony spoke with such clarity, such precision. He understands this issue as well as anyone in the country. We know the failures, right? But now we need to know the long-term consequences. And I think Tony had that conversation too. A lot to absorb. Think about the Chinese domination of lithium going forward. Think about the extraordinary gaps in our security that goes forward. Think about the damage we did with our allies from Pakistan to London, from Islamabad to London, I should say, Pakistan to England. Think about the possibility that Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and other superterrorism groups could reconstitute and use Afghanistan as their home base to attack we Americans again. All of that is real. Tony's on top of the intelligence. We've heard it from some other people. I don't think anyone put it together as clearly, crisply, and as dramatically as Tony did. The future of our country has been radically altered by some bad decision-making by the Biden administration. That is, you know, fact. It's not fiction. I'm not asking you to take an opinion. It's not an opinion. There is clear evidence, clear facts that this is the case. And you're hearing from many of the experts that say this. In fact, we're not the only ones saying it. Go take a look at Seth Moulton, what he told our own reporter, Nick Ballasey, last week, that this was a failure, a shameless failure that has long-term consequences for American superiority in the military. He's a Democrat from Massachusetts who has a lot of credibility to talk, not only because he's on the Armed Services Committee, he served multiple tours in the war on terror in Iraq. He's got firsthand battle experience. He's calling out his president. There are really significant consequences to the moments we're living in right now. And it was great to have Tony step us back and help us see some of them, explain them. Because once you understand the consequences or the potential consequences, you can begin to adapt strategy. And I think that's what today was about. An opportunity for you to think about what America could do to right the ship after a very, very bumpy two weeks in Afghanistan. All right, I thank you so much for listening. God bless you. God bless this extraordinary country of the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.